0: Just jokingly, and thought that no one could hear it, took a piece of me out of like a packaging and then slapped it repeatedly over and over again. And I Oh, was,
1: was it red fit. meat? Yeah,
0: it is red meat actually. Excellent, okay. You need yeah, to I put breadcrumbs in that before you make meatballs.
1: Hello!
2: <laughs> <And> welcome <laughs> to Art and Bottles. This is the very beginning of the episode now. Um, this is a podcast where whenever we decide to record, we discuss <laughs> current events as well as a uh, po- uh, Album by a non male pop star. Uh, my name is Kayla Mason Garvin.
0: Hello, my name is Justin Gannaway.
2: And today, here with us, we have one of the podcast Reddit resident Taylor Swift experts. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Yes. Hello, I am Catherine Dolorosa. I am a Swift scholar
2: great we're missing our other um our other party of our swift team today unfortunately elise susan chase could not be with us today but hopefully (laughs) we are all holding her in our thoughts and prayers um so let's go ahead and jump right in every week our first segment is generally talking about what pop star we feel like this week um does anyone have an answer ready to go i think Catherine might
1: yeah, um, my answer is Katie Perry because I am in God grad school. I am in a theology <laughs> program with a bunch of ex evangelicals. And I like I'm here as like an atheist and a communist who believes nothing. So I just it's been an experience like wow, these are actual preachers' kids. I didn't know any because I have priests. So I'm like, no kids to be seen that I know of. So the trauma <laughs> around them, I'm like, mm, it feels very feels very
0: one of the boys. Yeah. So that's my answer.
1: Love it. Incredible.
2: Justin, what about you?
0: Amazing. Um, you know, I feel like I've been doing a lot of walking around lately, a lot of looking, um, some searching. Uh, so I feel like I've been collecting evidence of um, the America's insurrection. So I feel like Lady Gaga.
2: Incredible. Wow. What an answer. Um, this week, I feel um i feel like i'm being per i i feel like i am simultaneously putting this narrative on myself that i'm not doing super well at work i'm really uh, we were just talking about before the podcast started sort of struggling with with teaching and some professional things um but at the same time i do feel like um nobody really gives me enough credit i'm a little bit slipped on even though i'm an icon and i uh Think that makes me jessica simpson um so that's who i am this week um we're gonna jump right into our current events because we have three very juicy events to discuss this week and the first of these items is that uh very recently let me pull up the actual date that this court ruling happened uh britney spears was freed from her conservatorship this is a Uh, Of course, a long running um, uh, current event that we've been following uh, for months now, most of 2021. Um, And uh, how are we feeling about this news? What are our takes?
0: so thrilled i just like i you know i think we've all been wanting this for such a long time and it's it's so exciting to see her free and for her to be like can't wait to see cash in person and drink champagne and like you know be no like i quote unquote normal it's great and i think um, but i do think that we've learned a valuable lesson about conservatorships and how fucked up the system is and it is something that like I think we should all continue to follow and think about and do what we can and and vote when we can about them if, if we can yeah, yeah.
2: the update of course i don't know how i could have forgotten this but this was this went down on the same day that the red re-release was dropped which is november 12 2021 uh, we're recording this episode for your information on uh, november 21st 2021. Mm. um so katherine what what were you about to say
1: I was what was I gonna say I was gonna say well related to the Taylor piece of it but <laughs> firstly it's a human rights issue more than anything uh and so I think you should pay attention even if you don't fucking care about pop music or celebrity um secondly I saw some insane shit on the internet because I'm an, I occupy a horrible part of Twitter where people are like trying to compare like Britney's, you know not being a an adult with full control over her own life to like Taylor Swift's master's thing. And I'm like, y'all, this is not this ain't it. That's not it. It's not it. That was a correct metaphor. I know. But that's yeah, that's that was something that was something that soured my red release day. I was like, y'all, I can't be doing this. <laughs> <But> yeah.
2: <laughs> we also wanted to bring up in conjunction with this development that um Britney Spears has been increasingly talking out publicly about the conservatorship about the realities of how her family has treated her and has also recently um, come out against uh, Christina Aguilera's response. I believe that Christina Aguilera has started speaking out about Britney's conservatorship because of their long running history together. They were on the Mickey mouse club as well. And um, she, uh, Christina was asked about Britney's conservatorship on the red carpet for the uh, Latin Grammys. And um, she said, um when a reporter asked aguilera whether she'd had any communication with spears a publicist swiftly stepped in saying no we're not doing that tonight uh but aguilera didn't know she's happy for her and walked away then what britney uh wrote this is uh she posted a clip from the interview on her insta stories and the caption said i love and adore everyone who support me But uh, refusing to speak when you know the truth is equivalent to a lie 13 years being in a corrupt abusive system yet why is it, why is such a hard topic for people to talk about SIC. I'm the one who went through it, all the supporters who spoke up and supported me thank you yes I do matter. I love, (laughs) I love her so much I I love this this (laughs) caption is like. Uh, Like she's clearly posting a a clip of Christina alongside this but doesn't mention her by name isn't directly like you suck but that's very much the subtext.
0: Uh (laughs) I want to know like uh, two things. I wanna know what the beef is. Like, are they still mad at each other? There's something going on behind the scenes because it, seem, it seemed like a zero to 60 quickly. The person who I'm most upset with is this publicist because it was like a, a very flippant sort of gay saying, oh no, we're not doing that tonight. Like, how did this publicist not know that that was gonna be recorded and then make him and Christina look really bad? Um, and then, I don't know. is Christina in the wrong? I think her publicist is more in the wrong than she is. But I think she could have taken the opportunity to just offer some kind words.
2: Well, I think what Brittany is saying here is that the conservatorship has been going on for 13 years. These two women have known each other their whole life. And even if Christina was to come out and say something now, which she has on her Instagram and stuff, that Mm. it's a little bit um, too little, too late. Like that, mm. um, she had over a decade to say something publicly, and it's a little bit late to now when the conservatorship is fully dissolved. Be like, yeah, that was fucked up. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Catherine, what do you think?
1: I'm painting my nails red.
0: So.
1: <laughs> 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 but yes, no, I I like all the. Yeah, no, I I like all the all the. It seems like a joke on the internet, but like, free Britney, free Palestine, you know? I agree.
2: Palestine.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Um,
2: (laughs) Speaking of international relations, our next item is about (laughs) a very significant press tour that has taken many countries by storm. Um, And of course, we're talking about Stephanie Germanata's press tour for House of Gucci. Um, Gaga has worn a number of significant fits uh, to the various House of Gucci events and premieres, including, I think, most notably, the sort of sheer purple number that we saw, I believe, at the English premiere.
0: It was Milan, I think.
2: Milan,
0: Milan, uh, Milan. <laughs> uh,
2: so what? What have we been thinking about this press tour? About Lady Gaga's looks and about House of Gucci, father son.
0: I, I mean, has a has a press tour ever been executed better? I'm not sure. I have followed every single city, watched five minutes stupid red carpet interviews, but um no i think that she's looked great like i I don't think that her stylist has done better work since like the beginning the only look i find fault with is actually the la premiere look it just seems a little done and i didn't like the short hair but everything else i don't like that one either
2: and for those of you who don't know uh it's a valentino sequined like metallic gown with a short hair moment a large diamond choker and some earrings it's just very sort of like been there, done that, but but not necessarily in the most, like it's old Hollywood, but executed weird, I think.
0: Yeah, it's weird. Um, I think Gaga's looked her best when she's been, the Schiaparelli stuff has been just sensational, the Vogue cover, and then she also wore them for the cover of that film magazine as well. Like she wears Schiaparelli really well. And I love that because it's like a Texas designer. So it's kind of like an American fashion moment. Um, And I think that her interviews have been as wild as we want from Gaga. Like we want her to talk about how method she was for this movie that seems it's going to be a camp like movie. Like it's going to have had really bold intentions and then become funny, which I am happy and excited about. I don't know if Gaga knows that yet, but I do. (laughs)
2: <laughs> i think she's deadly serious she sure. is, this is it this is, she thinks it's hard art she thinks it's a through z um Catherine, yeah. any thoughts
1: i haven't followed it that closely but i would say that the last time i followed a movie press close at all was absolutely a star is born so mm-hmm. like this is all like consistent and wonderful to like even follow tangentially i think the one the one quote from her is the one where I think she was describing like, yes, the director being like, "Don't traumatize yourself," and she's like, she's "Like, no, I, I like, I don't remember what she said," but I was like, "Yo, like, it's." She was. I think she said
2: something like, "I already have." <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I was like, she's. I I do think she's dead serious. Like, I don't. Yeah. I I think she's in it. I'm like, ma'am.
2: <laughs> ma'am, ma'am. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the looks have been exceptional. The sound bites have been exceptional uh i am potentially worried for her i hope she's okay it seems like she took this all maybe a little bit too much to heart but we we love to see it she's giving it a hundred and thousand ten percent you know
1: because what yeah. all the trailers remind me of is freaking american crime story the assassination of gianni versace which i've seen multiple times only because yeah. of darren chris my <laughs> filipino family not literally, but like, I don't know. Like, because there was, there was hype that she would be Donatella Versace there. So, like, for me, like, right. every time I see these trailers, I'm like, this is what could have been, maybe should have been, but maybe she would have, again, like, traumatized herself to play Donatella Versace for but Ryan Murphy. She wouldn't or <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> <but> like, <laughs> anyway. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I, I agree. I see the parallels in that. I think it's going to be, yeah, there, there's a lot of parallels. We have murder, we have guns, we have fashion houses, we have movies or, or uh, um, d- limited series that are taking themselves very seriously when they're probably going to turn out camp, um, <laughs> which is what we want, I think, in a fashion movie. So I'm, I'm hi- highly anticipating its release, which I think is next week.
0: Yeah, it's Thanksgiving Day. Literally yeah. can't wait. Um, do you think that she's, uh, do you think that Gaga really would have been a crime journalist if she were not a pop star? Uh, I didn't see this. Oh my god.
2: <laughs> no. Didn't she give an interview too where she's like, um, oh, I'm gonna misquote it, but she said something like, I don't believe, um, in murder, but I do believe women can get. Really yeah, I don't better. believe. I
1: don't, don't approve of glorification of murder, but I do believe in what is it? Something for women? Like the empowerment of the women? Empowerment of women for like, a what? Yeah. yeah, it's
0: wild. It's the yeah. wildest tieback I have ever seen. I she thinks that this murder is a feminist issue, and sweetie, no, it's not. Like, I I don't know. I guess it's like. She, i don't i i can't speak to that i think it's a i think it's a stretch but um she did however give an interview saying that like when she started studying the role that she was started taking pictures of everything because she believes patrizia to be a photographer there is no evidence of that yeah yes. yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and yes. then she was like I started taking pictures and I and I feel like I in another life I would have been a crime journalist and so now she just like carries around the uh, what is it what are those cameras called
1: is a, a film camera or, or like Polo a DSLR R- 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 R-
0: R- oh yeah
2: <laughs> yeah she has like a little I think she has a 35 millimeter
0: yeah um <laughs>
2: She's but an she, artiste. An
0: artiste refuses to read the book for which the movie is based on, which is funny for a journalist, and then refuses to meet with Patrizia as well. But apparently studied her. I don't know.
2: Wow. You know, this, let me just tell you, <laughs> this is what this is the kind of high caliber, deeply grounded work that an institution like NYU will produce in. <laughs> just a deeply disciplined, deeply felt performance from an artist at the top of their game. Are there any ethical questions that we have about this? Absolutely not. Everything here is um, kosher and great. So thank you, Gaga, for representing the alma mater. Thank you for representing um, really, I think really grounded acting.
0: Yeah, Yeah, for sure.
2: All right, our last item to discuss with regards to current events is a doozy Uh, (laughs) on I was, I was going through it on Thursday, when I saw that there was an Instagram story floating around the internet Camila and Sean Uh, Both posted simultaneously on their Instagram stories. uh, The following statement, let me find it to read to you all. Um, What is notable, I think, is that both of them had, I believe, identical statements. However, um, both of them wrote them in different fonts. Both (gasps) of them, however, on a black background. Different fonts, though. Okay. Hey, guys, we've decided to end our romantic relationship, but our love for one another as humans is stronger than ever. Red Heart. Heart. we started our relationship as best friends and will continue to be best friends we so appreciate your support from the beginning and moving forward three red hearts camila and sean and i believe that sean wrote this in whatever the thing is on um on instagram that is closest to times roman roman and i believe that she wrote this in courier new um this was also followed by a briefly uh a a, a brief story on camila's account which was since taken down, um, that simply had the like rainbow flag with an X over it and then an angry face. And then folks are interpreting it that her actual intention was to say, don't speculate that Sean is gay. It's not true and it makes me angry. Whereas I think how I and most of the internet read it was, I hate gay Shawn Mendes. (laughs)
1: I did not know this last part.
2: I didn't I it know it either. very briefly, and I think she took posts, it down because like we're maybe maybe it's doctored, but I saw it. I saw
1: it. <laughs> I saw it. Okay. I saw it. Wait, what do we find? I'm googling it. What the hell? I just okay. I I've i am gained a fondness for Camila Camila Cabello as a Floridian, but what the hell? <laughs> Great. Okay, that's all I have.
0: <laughs> uh, well I, one I'm thrilled because I we won't ever have to watch them kiss again. But <gasps> I'm also sad because we won't ever get to watch them kiss again. No um, <laughs> oh my God. two, I think they're both queer. I saw um Camila on The Voice and Do you think she's queer? I think that I think there's a chance. I do think
2: Why? there's a yeah
0: Why? I don't know. She had a brief um Torrid affair with Taylor Swift. Um, and she, no, I don't know, but that would be fun if she did.
2: <laughs> Camila, I don't
1: believe I've never any, seen a Camila in a, a gailer Yes, absolutely. As a
0: Gaylor scholar. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm here to tell you. Um okay, I'll I'll explore this avenue. No, I think that <laughs> I think that like <laughs> to to have gone out with Sean that long, like it could be a double beard kind of situation because I d- think like the fame bump that they got from being together was short-lived. So like why they stayed together for like, what was it, two years or something? It must be a beard situation. I'm hoping it's a double beard situation. Um, And I'm not here to speculate on whether or not Sean Mendez is gay.
2: Me neither. What say, <laughs> the thing about this that throws me the most About their whole relationship is that during the pandemic they both moved into her family's house which that's the thing that i'm having the hardest time contending with like what the the degree of seriousness of this relationship because i feel like that is something that i would not do i would never move into a significant other's house like in the middle of the pandemic uh, if their parents were there and if there were and if I was rich you know yeah. like I definitely get it if you don't have wealth or you have no other recourse but like they're both rich I don't know why they did that but I do miss and uh will continue to miss their pandemic walks where they both looked very sad were mm-hmm. sort of like languidly holding hands as they strolled around Florida so
0: that it's because they hated each other um
2: i do think uh, we really <laughs> got along and liked each other i just don't know i just i'm very curious and i'm sure we will uh, all will reveal itself in time
0: yeah absolutely um here for sean mendes and troy savant dating i think it will be cute oh my
2: god they oh. look like cousins <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's how gay relationships typically work.
2: <laughs> I know. Well, I, that doesn't mean I support it. There are plenty of other uh, you know, people for both of them that look at least like a third cousin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're right, you're right. At least date someone with straight hair. Uh. <laughs> right, right. right.
2: Um, so with that, that wraps up our current events. Any last notes from the field before we move into our album of the week?
0: i'm ready let's go Uh, yeah i'm ready
2: okay so today as you may have guessed from the title of this episode we are discussing the album red by taylor allison swift we are particularly discussing red parentheses taylor's version and parentheses so the original red was dropped on october 22nd 2012 um the red re-release parenthetical taylor's version was dropped on november twelfth, twenty 2021 so group where were we at on each of those dates we're talking again about october 22nd 2012 and november twelfth, twenty
0: 2021 okay so on 20 in 2012 um my sister was a big taylor swift fan so rad was of course played a lot in the house um and so I she was going through a breakup and I think the one that like she got there were a couple but like everything has changed I I knew every word to and I didn't realize I knew every word to that song um and so that was like the big one um and I hadn't experienced heartbreak yet but I was like oh Taylor's gonna be kind of poppy sure um and then in the re-release I was teaching and uh, it was really fun because a couple of my students came into my office and were like, did you listen to Red yet? And I was like, this is cute. Yay. Um, So I fond memories of the re-release with album. Catherine.
1: Yeah. um, October. Yeah. I was a sophomore in high school and I had started my anti-Taylor Swift, like not like other girls moment between Fearless and Speak Now. Like, I am not a lifelong Swifty. I'm a big traitor. Um, <laughs> so like, because I wrote a 10 minute play about it, my mom, in an effort to bond with me, got became a Swifty after Fearless. And then she bought Speak Now and listened to it in the car. And I was like, mom, this sucks. I like Paramore, etc. So I like became an anti-Swifty. And so I didn't really listen to Red. Um, I don't think, I, I didn't listen to Taylor again until 1989 um but i didn't listen to red when it came out i only i had i knew i knew like you know i knew you were trouble and we were never ever getting back together but that's it i did not interact with it at all and then being a born again swifty <laughs> it's, it's become like a favorite album like for me it's always like between red and reputation and then evermore folklore they all rotate at the top of my album ranking so it's a favorite for sure. And also I have exp- I did experience heartbreak as like a late bloomer <laughs> in like 2020. so I was like ugh. like I think begin again was my my top one my only tailored track that was like a Spotify like wrapped top like 10. Mm-hmm. that wasn't off of folklore. I and mean, that wasn't a mitski song. It was mitski folklore. begin Again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, re release. I was here. I was in Florida. I listened to it Stone Cold Sober uh, with a full water bottle while I'm knitting on the couch oh, at midnight. Man. Yeah
0: love, healthy, <laughs> <Yeah>. growth,
2: <laughs> yeah. hydration, yeah, um, yeah, in 2012, I had recently graduated, um, from Stephanie Germanata's Alma Mater, um, I was also working on, at the time, I was in rehearsals for, um, the the first play of mine that was getting produced in new york it was it was a short play i think it was like 20 minutes or something and it was part of a festival in in like the chinatown area and but we would rehearse all over the city um and at that time i was like sort of like 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 in in the like happy stages of like having a crush and like starting to like date a person and then um it it did not end very well and so so i have an interesting relationship with red where like i didn't i was in like a sort of happy stage when the album came out and then i didn't think to turn to it when things went sour and so i um i definitely have very strong memories of during the thanksgiving um weekend uh in 2012 my i spent thanksgiving with my family and then we um We and my best friend from high school, Alice Farma, who was previously on this podcast as a guest when we talked about Spice Girls. Hi, Alice. Hi, Alice. We all drove from the Bay to uh, like L.A. where my aunt lives to stay with her. Um, It was my grandma my brother, Alice, and then my two parents in the car, and we had the red CD. And at the time, you know, my brother's a huge country music fan. At the time she was still kind of country. And so we played that CD all the way down, all the way up. um, And were like making, I don't know, there was just like so much, like we were making jokes about it the whole time. We were like, like it was kind of a joke that we would listen to it all the time but it also
0: was dead
2: serious um, so that and i also will note i was 22 when this album came out which we'll we'll talk about more um but then uh when it was re-released uh, i was at, in new york city on a stint between um, seattle where i am right now and visiting cameron and um yeah it was i was listening to it uh over the weekend when I was in New York and then very heavily over the past week. So that brings us to talking about um, our our in order chronologically track by track breakdown of read by Taylor Swift, Taylor's version. So the first track on the album is the song State of Grace. Who would like to start us off?
1: I, I can. Well, I think I said this in the folklore episode, but I think if you stand the one, from folklore, you probably stand state of grace. I think they're in a similar family of track ones for Taylor. And so I love State of Grace. I always have. When I learned the ukulele, it was the first song I learned. So and then when I learned guitar it was also the first song I learned. I love it. It's only three chords. And I think on the re-release, I said this to Kayla immediately at like 1 a.m. I was like, I think her vowels sound insane. I think, I think by the time she records her re-records her debut album, she'll sound like M- Maggie Smith, yeah.
2: yes, she's she does <laughs> skew very British on this. Um Justin, what are your takes?
0: Um I really quite like State of Grace. Um, I think it's cinematic. I think it's sort of sweeping. I you know it it I think it has a really great bridge. There's lots of great bridges in these in the tracks on red. and so I, I strong, I would say nine out of ten for me.
2: This, this one I did rate a 12 out of 10 I wrote masterpiece strong lyrics there's a driving beat here it sets the tone for the album it's a great opening track it's one of Taylor's I think strongest songwriting moments from her career but also it's a highlight of the album for me uh 12 out of 10 Catherine how would you rate I didn't you? rate
1: it oh my god yeah it's like but, a, what's 11, it's 11. It's like an 11 11? yeah, yeah
2: I, lo- I love this one it, to me I also wrote it's a borderline banger like it's definitely not an up-temple piece, but for this album and for Taylor, it kind of is, um, and I think it's just very well-crafted.
1: I remember reading the Wikipedia page for uh, my iPod Touch in 2012 that wow. was described as arena rock, which I agree with. Yes. Yes.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: I did also, like, informally in my head, I, I keep a running list of, like, uh, religious imagery and Taylor Swift songs, and so we have State of Grace, and So You're Never a Saint. So... That's just something I, I know for a potential M.A. thesis.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think here we
2: we see this is, um, you know, situating this in context of Taylor's career. She's making a pivot here into like country pop rock. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the um, the hook is really strong here. I never saw you coming. Ooh. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's very strong.
0: How does yeah. she like, I've never seen this performed alive. Does she, can she do the vocals? Yes. Yeah. Good. Love. Mm-hmm. Cause it's good.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, next up track two, we have a red, mm. titular, the titular track.
0: Oh my God. I love red. I think it's perfect placement. I, th- I think I after state of grace is nice. It's a, a one, two punch, a similar genre vibe. Um, for me like there are there i'm there are kind of two sides to this album two kinds of tracks um i'm sure i'm not the first person who said, who said this but like some of them are very cringe and then some of them are like lyrical genius and i think that this track is on the crossroads of cringe and lyrical genius and i think that's what makes it such a catchy pop song i think it was the best single she released and i love it love it love it love it 13 out of 10
1: great Catherine Um, I I don't know I I think when I hate listen to it when I was 15 I found this song unforgivable because I think it's like I think it was hearing her sing Maserati I was like what the fuck is that I (laughs) thought you were a Tennessee gal what is that have you ever seen one I had to that's how I learned what a Maserati was so I was like shut the hell up but, it's in
2: the very f- opening line. Loving him is like driving a new Maserati yeah. down at dead end street.
1: Yeah, I I feel like opening I, the power of an opening line. I fucking hated it because of that. But now <laughs> I have come around and it's like a solid 8 to 9 out of 10 for me. I feel like I might be confusing it with like, no. I think she performed this live with like a, t- a 12-string guitar. It might have been one of the last times that she ever whipped one out live. Like I don't, she hasn't really used one since. <laughs> um, this album so I love it for that reason it's like it's definitely a little more country than Santa Grace and I like it for that reason mm. yes
2: I but. love Red for me uh what did I write I wrote thesis PhD Dr. Taylor Allison Swift cine- <laughs> Queen most of this song is her just rattling off sl- sl- similes loving him x loving him is like y loving him is like z and i'm here for it and i think that's exactly what you're talking about justin with this song lyrically writing the fence between cringe and genius is that some of these similes are quite like beautiful and apt and like uh, the uh, like um you know aspirational as writing wise and some of them are horrible um <laughs> so i think um overall i also want to notate the the bridge uh we have the sort of like heavy use of string remembering him comes in flashbacks and echoes like i always have that urge, the urge the deeply embarrassing urge to like headbang on this course like that's what i do i've done it before are giving yes yeah and yeah. um i also want to note that the the performance that really made me fall in love with this song and made me like really even more on board for the album was when she performed this song I believe with Allison Krauss at the 2013 CMAs the Country Music Awards um, where they did sort of like a bluegrass arrangement obviously uh, mm-hmm. like Allison Krauss being sort of like a legend in that arena I believe Vince Gill was also performing with her like it was just such an iconic moment and like a beautifully rendered. Performance with like true masters playing alongside Taylor on this stupid little song about like driving a Maserati. (laughs) Um, So this is a 12 out of 10 for me.
1: Yeah, wait. I do want to make the connection to "Daylight" from Lover, which I actually think is one of her the better songs from Lover. And I always I think of it as like an artistic statement. Like anytime anyone's like, I need to write an artistic statement, I was like, listen to "Daylight." That's it. I, I never help beyond that. But in in daylight, she says like I used to think that love would be burning red, but it's but it's golden like daylight or whatever. So I'm like,
2: mm. Mm. it's just
1: nice to listen to as like a retrospect, like revisit now that she's happy with Joe Owen, I guess <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: what are
2: what is everybody else's numerical rating for the song?
0: I think I I think I said twelve out of ten. Maybe I've elevated it to a thirteen out of ten. Who knows? Somewhere in there.
2: Catherine. i think it's an eight to nine yeah. eight to nine yeah okay. i'm sorry i you all said that and i forgot i just got caught up in thinking You're about okay. the similes um <laughs> track number three treacherous
0: kaylee you should start
2: okay uh what do i have written down hand claps guitar a verse uh not not great verse sorry <laughs> not yeah. great verse bang yeah. and chorus uh Uh, I have different parts of the song rated different ways because I think there's a big gap between how the verses and uh, choruses and bridge are on this. I think the song overall is kind of like a 9 out of 10 where the verses are like a 6, the bridge is a 13. (laughs) um oh uh two headlights shining through the night and i will get you get you um, like it's so good but the verses are not there lyrically or musically so i think it's overall a nine out of ten but the bridge fucking slaps
1: thoughts i pretty much agree with those numbers uh i remember when i hate listened as a teenager i heard the what is it um I'll do anything you say if you say it with your hands in the first verse and I was like <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think this is like I think you see people like especially like young Swifties like track sex in her songs on tumblr.com and I'm like Ugh! ew but I hated it for that reason but I totally agree the bridge is like beautiful <laughs> um, I listened to this song a lot before I listened to Begin Again a lot <laughs> in 2019 to 2020 so um, it feels it feels like kind of a proto delicate to me so i like it for that reason i see a lineage there i give it but because i think of all her shit i'm like in comparison and like as growth because delicate is a masterpiece in my brain i have to give Love
0: this, delicate so i have to give this like a
1: much. seven that seems low but actually if we act like the scale does on a ten <laughs> seven to eight seven to eight yeah okay Justin, what do you think?
0: Well, I mean, after reviewing... What so many albums on this on this podcast? We know that the like the you want the first five tracks to be sensational, amazing, can't skip, great, right? And so of the first five tracks, this is I think the weakest. Um yeah. So, yeah, so I, and I also think that like whenever Taylor's writing about heartbreak and whatever else, specificity is best. We love narrative and specificity, and this one is lacking that a little bit. And so, yes, it's listenable. I like the guitar, I like a sense of urgency. From Taylor Swift, but it's not it's not a standout. So I'll give her I'll give it a seven out of ten as well.
2: Okay, track number four. I knew you were trouble. I'll (laughs) jump in on this one because it was I I was the most um, I was the oldest when this track came out. So I um, I remember I you know uh going out in the years prior and like dubstep being a a big thing musically um among sort of like uh like like club and drug scenes but also around like um like it was something that was becoming more popular in pop music and so taylor as she always did jumped on the musical trend late here but it was still pretty um like jaw dropping to hear these particular like dubstep sounds on the track I also think this is probably a good time to note I think this is the first time that Taylor moved from working with producers who were more fluent in country music uh to working with I believe Max Martin particularly on this track um and frankly I I agree with you Justin that this is particularly maybe a a stronger song than treacherous but I like it a lot less like this is one frankly that I will skip because it got played to death in 2012 and in the years ensuing and also because I just think it's such a specific and dated sound um like the dubstep like like a lot of the times when like especially on Reputation. We see her experimenting with trap music, like her experiments in her late forays into the popular music sounds of of the time, I think often do not stand up to the test of time um, in the way that a lot of her other songwriting does. And even if we remove the production from this song, it's not my favorite, it's like a six out of 10 for me.
0: Interesting. Oh my God, do
2: you both love this song?
0: No, I don't. Oh, no. Absolutely not. I I mean, I knew this was cringe way back when, and I was <laughs> like a junior in high school, like, and that's peak cringe years. I but hated it. I hated the track then. I hate it now. Um, and I, um, but I do think in terms, I, the reason why I think it's stronger than treacherous is that it is in fact, um, controversial and so many people were talking about it. So, so many people listened to it. So I have to give Taylor like Uh, props because she at least knew how to capture an audience and like and that's tough to do but it's not a
1: notoriety credit yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) what would you what would you rate it out of 10
0: uh five Uh, also i have meatballs now well that came
2: together quickly red meat thank you jeremy
0: thank you jeremy
1: Kevin, yeah. what do you think? I also hate this song because it was memed to death. Like I yeah. feel like 2012 to like 20 like 16 you would still see like that freaking goat. The screen. goat. Like it was memed to death. I remember seeing the music I feel like this it Drew co- the music video drew comparison to freaking ride by Lana Del Rey cuz it like is in the desert. Well, and um, also cuz she has a self-narrated monologue
2: as well. And then we yes. went to the and then like, blah, blah. it was Lana it was Lana yeah. it was yeah, Lana it was, light it was like pg-13
1: Lana yeah pg-13 Lana because Born to Die came out in like the springtime because I remember that summer of Born to Die but <laughs> yeah so I have always hated it it's been memed to death I do want to note that I think the production I think it's base here. I think I did listen to it for comparison like minutes before this we got on zoom just to confirm this because the what because I I remember when she performed at the, I think it was the 2019 American Music Awards when she was like artist of the decade or some shit. And she did that medley of all her stuff. I remember watching them being like, there, firstly, there was no song from Reputation. So, and then I was like, this, oh, oh my God, this dog is wants to play fetch. Okay, oh. and <laughs> um, there was not, no talking Reputation. And then I was like, even visually, like the production, the part of the medley that was I knew were trouble just felt reputation like it was way more it was way more synthetic and the visuals like the lighting i was red like blood red like more like reputation shit and like the, the choreo it was very reputation so like i like me hearing this re-recording i'm like this feels like she made some choices about maybe she wanted it to be basier at the time where she's like i don't know i feel like some loaders are taken but yeah i agree with justin this is like a five
0: that's a five.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'll say it's, a, I'll revise my score. I'll say it's a five.
0: Wow. That might be one of the lowest ratings we've ever given a track on this. No, I think maybe we've.
2: No, no, track. we give, we give lower ratings. Um, <laughs> All right, so next up, we have track number five, speaking of fives, we're rating track number five, we are just going to rate this track because we will talk about both versions that appear on uh, the re-release at length at the very end of the album, so stick around for that. Um, we are simply rating all too well. What are our ratings? 14.
0: 14.
1: I wrote it. I wrote down fifteen, but now I feel extra. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm actually, actually my actual impulse that I pulled back was eighteen. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. Okay, yeah, it's eighteen. <laughs> okay, love it, Justin. Do you want an edit, or are you good with fourteen?
0: I'm gonna stick with fourteen.
2: Okay, great. Okay, <laughs> um, we'll come back and we'll talk about this one at length. Track number six twenty-two. I don't know about you.
0: Woo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I just felt like it needed that <laughs> um I simply wrote this song is the same kind of energy that makes me want to cyber bully Shawn Mendes
2: <laughs> oh my god what do you rate it out of 10
0: uh three three out of ten
2: what <laughs> no god. I'm
0: kidding I'm what kidding the fuck? I think it's I think it's actually maybe a six to seven and it is campy so uh, for for the camp alone I'll give it a seven
1: Oh, my God. Catherine? <laughs> I give it, like, a seven or an eight. I don't know. I like it because I've played it. I spent all of all of the year of all my friends and I turning 22 playing it real loud, like, with irony. Because it is it is cringe. It is cringe. It's a little self-aware. Like, it has the spoken, like, who is Taylor Swift anyway? Ew. Um Like, I think it's a little funny. It's a little funny. It's a little funny. Um, and it makes me sad. Again, it's, it's the same thing as, like the retrospect of like, wow, imagine being Taylor Alison Swift, age 31, saying this, like I would do it. I'd cry. I'd crawl into bed. Uh, I'd write right where you left me from Evermore. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But anyway, I like it. I like it. I'm very fond of it.
2: Yeah. I rated this a nine out of 10. Um, I just think, well, I think the only thing separating this from like a, a really... Like a beautiful rendering of camp is its lack of self-awareness. But if we also take a look at this in historical context, this coming out at the same time, I I associate this track very particularly with uh, Lena, Lena Dunham's Girls. And Taylor Swift at this time was very closely and publicly friends with Lena Dunham. Girls was on the rise. And I think in Girls, all of the girls were around 22. And this was this moment where um especially we have the line uh something about like making fun of hipsters like the song is not at all self aware but it's so fucking funny it is really funny and um it has mark's birthdays now for a decade i didn't get to listen to it on my 22nd because it this it was released after that but if i everyone that i have known all of my both of my siblings when they turn 22 a bunch of like my friends who have turned 22 while i've been in contact with them like it gets played at every 22nd birthday and i i feel like it should really go in a capsule you know, like a a historical time capsule of the early 2010s, because this song is the early 2010s in terms of being cringe, but like, like, uh, both ironically and non ironically fun.
0: Yeah, I, you're right. I agree with you. I think in terms of like a time capsule, like, let's just put this last Friday night and like blow in uh, on a playlist and then play it in 20 years and see how we feel
1: yeah um I also hey, okay you, you said <laughs> girls okay you said girls and I was reminded that she, she had a she had a cameo on new girl the second season of new That's girl right at that Indian wedding and like uh, like earlier (laughs) on (laughs) earlier in the season uh I think after Nick and Jess fight or whatever at some point like she's listening to 22 and I'm just like you are almost 30 you're a school teacher Zoe Deschanel and you're listening to 22 and crying I was like I don't know because I because also we talk about when we get to we're never ever getting back together but I just like look at that music video I was like this is Zoe Deschanel and that so 22 also becomes that for me as well sure yes
2: um we did we uh we got numerical ratings from everyone that brings us to track number seven i almost do who wants to jump in
1: i've okay i can't i don't think i can be that fair about this because i have listened to it and cried earnestly in the last two years so <laughs> I, don't think it's, I don't think it's that great I don't think it's that great I, don't, I really don't think it's that great but it, it moves me so I give it a 10 out of 10 I don't know what else to say
0: well it's one of those things that it, it is not that great it does not like transcend uh, poetry by any means but it is super relatable and like you know everyone's is that felt not that.
2: transcending poetry though <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I gave it a 10 out of 10 and I will wrote- <laughs> that it was an incredible expression of human frailty.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You've won me over. It must be poetry then. <laughs> I do feel frail. I'll give it a 10 out of 10.
1: <laughs> oh my God, our first consensus. We, we, we all gave trouble. Oh, I forgot to say this. I knew you were trouble on the original. Is uh, the, the track listing is I knew you were trouble, period. Oh, so I'm Taylor's version. That's something I Interesting. forgot to bring up. Um, Punctuation
2: matters, folks.
1: Yes, but I always do it very vulnerable. I've cried recently because of it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just really uh you know, okay, but well, something that we haven't mentioned at all uh, with regards to historical context is that um, Catherine, do you want to jump in on God the damn, differences yeah. around oh this my God!
1: This is, okay, I was, here's the, how my life goes in Florida. I walk the dogs with my father every night and I just scream about bad Taylor Swift takes. I saw on the internet that week and it lasts like an hour and I'm like yelling at full volume throughout this Florida neighborhood <laughs> about <laughs> casual Swifties. So, because I think I, I am trying to gatekeep this global superstar. Um, I will, my, okay, most of red. So I would say that Saint Grace Red, probably I almost do definitely all too well. Like I would say most of like the saddest tracks on red are about Jake Hall almost definitively, but I think it's a mistake. It's very foolish to um, assume it's all about Jake Hall. It's all about Jake Hall because if we have to talk about who else is, I would say the only other subjects on this album that I'm sure about are like Connor Kennedy slash his grandma oh and my god <laughs> fuck I found that oh I, my god and holy ground is about Joe Jonas but anyway but also oh. here's another thing as a theology graduate student I will say that I think that my new way I want to talk about Taylor Swift writing about her exes is in the same way as like biblical scholars and like historians when I talk about biblical authorship which is we can't know <laughs> we should not say with any amount of confidence that the apostle Matthew wrote the gospel of Matthew he wouldn't have had the time he was a he had a job he was a tax an collector an you know so like in the same way I'm like we can't be that we can't say with any confidence of anything that any song is about anyone unless you want to refer to like I think the most evidence we have for of that are is like twin fire signs for blue eyes and state of grace all too well you know 10-minute version, we'll get to that later, like you can look at like the original red album booklet for like her capital letter clues for like clues that can lead you to who these subjects are, but I'm approaching it as a biblical scholar who is an atheist. Yes. (laughs)
2: Well, and and something that should be noted that this is, I think, important context that newer and more casual Swift listeners might not know is that the capital letters she would like in her lyric booklet, because at the time there was a CD, which was what we played in the minivan on the way down to L.A. from the Bay when we were listening to this as the family, um, plus my friend Alice, um, the lyric booklet would have certain letters capitalized and you were supposed to put them together in order and like put the clues together and that's what she used to do before she was giving us hints on like her little tiktoks or whatever
1: yeah i think the first time she stopped doing it was reputation the last album oh, she did i was 1989 the only red secret messages i can think of on the top of my head is that i think all too well has maple lattes in it that's the only one i can still remember and because people's and she and Jake have probably got maple lattes together, and I feel like
0: oh my
3: God.
2: see the
1: paparazzi photos of them no, leaving a coffee no, shop. You can you can see an M L on, on their coffee shop.
2: on that, cup. On that pic- on Those pictures of them, and she's wearing the scarf. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway. I want a maple latte now. Ooh, that sounds good. That's <laughs> yes.
2: so fucking funny. Also, talk about time capsule. I love it. Uh, they're yes. they're timeless, though.
1: Um, also, there's clues closing... of oh wait, we are almost doing. Never mind. But also, I guess we're getting into. We are never ever getting back together. But, okay.
2: Yes, that is track number eight. Shall we dive into it?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So track
2: number eight. We are never ever ever getting back together. Thoughts. I love it out of <laughs> 11 okay I love, you love it, it. You love
1: I love it? it okay why I do love it even though the music video is terrible it and is like it has sort of like the big glasses and like pajamas and there's like weird like furry costume people right um, like
2: the idea that she's
1: like let's make fun of hipsters and then she made that music video is like girl what cringes well <laughs> some of the cringes activity um I love this song uh it used I feel like again if we talk about song lineages and like her motifs uh, I feel like the wee is in the same category as like me. <laughs> like some, may arguably her most annoying and like dolphin like thing that she likes to do. Absolutely. But I have grown to love it. I remember hating it as you know, teenage me, but in the intervening years, I've I think I have, I earnestly love it. Yeah. I also okay. think that uh we can when we touch on um I bet you think about me. Like there's like this is one of the songs that's a little up that was for many years up in the air um amongst Swifties of like, is this about Jake Gyllenhaal? Hall Kobe or someone else? Because she did date some other musician guy for like a month or something. I don't know. But I think that this is comfort- having that bonus track, that vault track makes me think this is this is and Hall. Yeah. <laughs> Eleven out of ten.
0: I have Justin? a question about the Wii E's. They are sharper on the re-record, yes. There's something yeah. happening that they're yeah. like, I don't even know. It's wild. But yeah.
1: mm-hmm. well,
0: I mean, if you're going to go for it, you might as well go for it. I...
2: Yeah, they're a little punchier, I think.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I And I wonder, and that made me wonder, did like about the producing of the re-records, it, is, are they all produced by the same people that produced the albums originally? Or is this like an in-house redo of like the the production because i i wonder about the legalities of bringing max martin back into pr- like to pr- reproduce these tracks um i don't,
1: I don't know. know i feel like it varies like odyssey track to track
0: yeah um. yeah but i mean this is a great song it's really fun i think of the like of the four pop offerings she gave us this is the one that like i was like this is a strong pop song that like can hold its own among like the pack of pop stars at the time. Kesha, Katy Perry, Lady Gaga, Beyonce. Like it's, you know, it held its own, it was good. It didn't sound like flimsy pop music. Um, And I also have a vivid memory of her performing this at some, I guess it's not a vivid memory, but a memory of her performing this at some awards show, where she did the spoken word in a British accent because her and Harry Styles had just broken things off. Yes, I remember this. Which I love it. I think that's so pithy and funny.
2: Oh my God, that's disgusting. I love it. (laughs) I, I really don't love this song. I do think it's iconic though. I must also mention that one time in gosh this would have been probably like 2014 2015 my brother was teaching in china and my family i was i it was a really like uncharacteristically international time for me my friend at the time got married in india and my my family was all gonna go visit my brother where he taught in china in this sort of like small town, meaning there were 200,000 people there. Um, and so uh, we. I came in, I like flew from India into uh, some airport in China and then took a bus to this like, quote unquote, small town, which was actually like a thriving metropolis. <laughs> and um, on, on the bus, I just like discovered how, how a deteriorator, deteriorated my Mandarin had gotten um, in the years since I had been In China, and then uh, it it was really just like oh man everything has left my brain and then uh, my when I arrived in uh, the town in China, we like I went straight to go eat with my family at this like. uh, restaurant that was kind of like in this cement block like the walls were cement and the floors are cement and my. This is controversial. Am I going to tell this story? I think it's pertinent. Ooh, I'm going to tell it. Okay. So this is this is I I feel conflicted about this actually. Well, I, I'll tell the 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 more palatable start part of the story, which is that uh, a couple of days later, my brother wanted us to come into the classes that he was teaching and uh, like do an activity with the students. And what I decided that I was going to do and he said that they were all sort of like beginning level English speakers, but had uh, they had all been studying English for like a fair amount of time and so. uh I think my, my popo was there and she just sort of like talks to them about like what it was like to immigrate to the United States in the fifties. And I think like my mom and brother did some activities around like my mom's a PE teacher. They did something sort of like active. And what I elected to do was teach everyone to recite the lyrics of we are never, ever, ever getting back together. <laughs> so somewhere there's a, there's a video of me and like 75 Chinese students in this like, kind of remote town in China, all reciting the lyrics to We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. Um, overall, it's a 7.5 out of 10 for me. Oh
1: my god!
0: <laughs> I love that. Like, I don't know how many students were in that class, but 30 students have a memory of saying the lyrics in English to We Are Never Getting <laughs> Back Together. <laughs> love.
3: Yes.
2: And I did make them go "wee." e Um okay have we all have we all given thoughts should we move on to track number nine
0: yes let's do it
2: okay track number nine stay 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 what do we think
0: okay guys this was my first like real and true eye roll of the album i really i okay we're gonna
1: first one this is the first one
0: yeah Yeah,
2: you didn't think bad about (laughs) we are never getting back together and then this
3: one (laughs)
0: Okay. I I rolled at this one because it, for me, the other, like the pop songs that are bad are forgivable because she's going into pop for the first time. But this is like more country than pop, um, heavy on the accent. And I hate it. And I feel like it sounds like toy store music. I hate it, hate it, hate it. I,
3: wow.
2: I think we're both mad. Are you mad? I'm mad. Yeah, I'm mad. <laughs> okay I love this song I think it's as Taylor Allison Swift says this is so fun um it uh, the only other note I have is storytelling you know like we're telling this story of like what it's like to be in a relationship and to reach that breaking point where like there is conflict and we're uh you know that line about like uh he comes in with a football helmet on and says okay let's talk like the idea that Justin shaking their head and what I will say is oh. that like we're we're executing a narrative and we're erring on the side of forgiveness and generosity and to not like it excuse me I burped to not <laughs> like it is really Scrooge like no Catherine, I, I am
0: a Scrooge and I'm butting in I'm sorry Catherine <laughs> I'm oh butting God. back in because it makes me think of those like and it makes me think of those horrific memes where all of the girls are wearing skinny jeans and cardigans and um over the knee boots and carrying a PSL like that sounds like a, like the, the exact type of. This is the song that makes
2: you think of it though because it's, I feel like there are so many other songs that we've already hit on this album that are worse than this one, and this one is tweet, Make no bones about it, but you it's have also to be
0: annoying, dating a football player to have the, uh, someone come in with a football helmet no, and say, yeah, "Okay, I let's god. talk." You,
1: you do not. Oh my god! Everyone oh has a football. Helmet. God.
0: Uh, okay. do you where's it at <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay i love this song well okay stay Grace" gracious the first i learned ukulele. the second one was stay 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 obviously it's like it's either on a ukulele or like a guitar capo six or some shit like it's it's twee it's twee in the i have lipstick on my chin it's twee in the 2012 <laughs> way it's twee in the zoe de chanel way i think it's cute in that way But I have a conspiracy theory that I literally Googled all kinds of conversations of words um, to see if anyone else saw this. And they don't because people are stupid. But I think people are too quick to assign whole albums to one X or like assume that one X belongs on one album. So I have this conspiracy theory that because I was just thinking of all of our track fives and the track five on 1989 is All You Have To Do Is Stay. And I was just like, it doesn't feel like a mistake that two track fives in a row are called, or start with all. So I have this theory in my head that All Too Well plus All You Have To Do Is Stay became becomes, has a sequel that is All You Have To Do Is Stay. I think that the saddest songs in 1989 are still her recovery from Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, and so I like Stay, Stay, Stay. I think it's a Jake Hall song. Um, I give it like a nine or a uh, like a nine. I give it a nine.
0: <laughs> I yeah, I would one hundred percent second that she's like keeps going on the Jake Gyllenhaal journey. It seemed like she mined lots of content from it. It seemed like she was true, well and truly heartbroken from it. So I, I'll co-sign that as a theory. Lit. And I think
1: he's a freak who would have a football helmet.
0: Oh well, I mean, I'm sure he would have a football helmet, and that's why I think he's probably a misogynist.
1: Yes. I also picture her throwing, like, an iPhone 4 across the room.
0: Well, yes. So, okay, I have a question, and this is something I heard on another podcast. That was, like, the reason why the, the heartbreak with Jake Gyllenhaal was as severe as it was was because there was speculation that Taylor had lost her virginity to Jake, and this was, like, and the breakup was the hardest because of that. Is this, what's, what's where's that in the Taylor Swift lore?
1: I think that Swifties are too young and respectful to speculate honors <laughs> honor utter this shit. Well, also Kayla posited this about fearless. Kayla believe what did you have this virginity timeline in your I head. do. I do.
2: Yeah. She definitely, I think, lost her virginity before. <laughs>
3: this
2: is so gross, but like I I do as as also like a, a person who at the time was like a girl, like a girl listening to these girl songs. Like I felt like the um like she lost her virginity around uh speak now Uh, particularly this songs spark fly also kind of like enchanted a lot of them are are actually quite sexual and so i think that or sexual for taylor allison swift so i think that um there's also evidence on uh people have been throwing around the sort of cherry pop moment where she sticks a toothpick into a literal cherry and like pops it in um the video for uh Bet you think about me um as as another sort of easter egg there but i also think i definitely i don't think it was jake Gyllenhaal. hall um but mm-hmm. i do think um i also will posit that i around this a, a little bit before this album came out was when i Uh, actually was spending time studying abroad in China and while I was there, there was another student who had sort of like dubious but documented ties to Jake Gyllenhaal's publicist at the time who had told me that Jake Gyllenhaal um, is potentially queer and that this was like all um, a front, which then listening to these tracks gets really complicated because it does seem like, and also with the documented comments that Jake has made about their relationship it does seem like it was real um so who knows um but we I I want to push us to move on because I I don't want this to I don't want to belabor the point we we're going to talk about it so much let's talk about track number 10 the last time um I would rate this a 6 out of 10 I hate that it starts with a man but parts of this are close to like a 9 out of 10 like I would say like the bridge and like when we get into it um oh we can hear when you mess with your headphones sorry I've been like flinging my headphones around my bad um sorry listeners uh anyways I don't love the last time I don't like that it starts with a male voice but parts of it really do slap six out of ten thoughts
1: it's a it's, it's probably a skip for me like I tend to skip it I don't like that it starts with a man I don't I don't know who Snow Patrol is really. Um, hey, fuck, it's
2: Snow Patrol. Oh my god! Wait, uh, you clearly are not of the Grey's Anatomy generation. It's oh. wild to me how much Grey's Anatomy soundtracks come up on this podcast. But yeah, because she
1: also White Horse from Fearless was a, on a Grey's Anatomy episode very prominently. I remember this, but like it's obviously significant to her with the cat Meredith Grey. But wow. yeah, no, I don't love this song. It's clearly like proto exile. Um, mm. I'm glad that we have Exile to supplant this in her catalog. Justin, what do you think? I give it a four. I, <laughs> four, okay.
0: Wow. <laughs> I agree. I do think it's sort of this, like, it's sort of the blueprint for her um, collabing with Bon Iver. But I don't think that this, that I think, and I think this guy's voice is beautiful, but it's sort of a boring track. on an Like on an album where everything is either cringe or incredible, this one's boring.
2: Yeah. All right, track number 11, Holy
3: Ground.
0: Holy Ground. Um, oh, you guys are going to hate me. Um, yeah. I just wrote, we get it. You had a really fun time in the honeymoon phase. This is redundant and recycled content. And then that's Okay.
2: What's, okay. <laughs> Justin I feel like you weren't giving it a fair chance to me this is a 10 out of 10 it's another lyrical and musical masterpiece as far as this album goes it's a banger there's a very strong drum and i think that um for me this is uh just a really strong track I think it stands out within this album and also within Taylor's catalog what do you think Catherine
1: it's also like a 10 to 11 for me I love it deeply um it does move I think the bridge is one of the best things it's one of her best bridges probably um it's about Joe Jonas (laughs) I saw I was really I was really annoyed I think that it was the hidden message in it the hidden message for it I think was a date for it was literally a date like it was a number she spelled out a date um no way okay it was like when you came to the show in some city it was literally a sentence like it was a whole sentence class of when you came to a show in this city and that was a it was literally a concert I think on the speak now tour when Mm -hmm. the Jonas Brothers all went together (laughs) um so it's, it's it's about Joe Jonas like there's very concrete evidence in her lyric booklet um I think it's cute um I, I just got burnt I got so angry about this because I think I saw a Twitter comedian of some kind be like re the lyric um and when you fit in my poem it's like a perfect rhyme this this Twitter person was like what rhymes with Hall?" it's like it's Joe mm-hmm. It's Joe you fucking casual I was so furious I was like whatever um yeah it's 11. <laughs> um yeah i also
2: yeah i also want to uplift what you said about the bridge the i'm gonna dance for all that we've been through like i think it's great um okay so we have a disagreement about holy ground but that's okay (laughs) (laughs) Shall we move on to track number 12. everybody did everyone assign a numerical value
0: um, uh, holy ground! I'll give a six out of ten.
2: <laughs> okay, all right, you're wrong. But track <laughs> number twelve, sad, beautiful, tragic.
1: It's not. It's not a, It's not up there for me. I think just uh, some of the weirdest writing in terms of like I don't. Know, I don't know. Take that much. I don't know that how to talk about grammar, despite I guess being a writer. But I like, <laughs> grammar in it is wild. I'm like I the verse. It's weird weird like tenses is that it like
2: weird tenses
1: yeah weird tenses it's very distracting for me but like honestly there's been a few times i've heard it recently where i'm like oh so it's like a seven to six
2: (laughs) i agree i think it's a seven i think it's fine good but not great again we're really herping on this the sort of like breakup moment retrospectively, looking back at a relationship that didn't turn out so super well. And I don't think that this, like this is a track that I think could have been cut from the album quite easily, Um, Justin.
0: Yeah, I agree. And like the for me, I think, and I know that you guys loved Holy Ground, but for me, like I, I think that the second part of the album has a little bit of like a downturn. And this is one of those where it's just like it's not a bad track, it's not a great track. I it's fine. I'll give it a agree with that in like seven yeah. out of ten.
2: Okay, mm-hmm. great. Yeah, I, I agree too. I think this album starts out so strongly with some of the best writing of her career that like there's nowhere to go but down from there. Um, am I glad that she front-loaded the album? Yes. But does it make the back half a little hard to get through? Um, because she set such a high bar for herself? Absolutely. Um, which brings us to track number 13, the lucky one.
0: <laughs> I'll I'll start and offer a weird, I kind of like it. I, I think yeah. it's kind of fun. I think it's up, you know, like well, it's not upbeat, but sort of upbeat um and it's like it's singable and um yeah I think it's pleasant I think it's a pleasant track eight out of ten okay I
1: okay the beat to it is like so it feels it feels like too much of like a march to me so I don't like it even energetically but I like it I actually like the lyrics I like the story um people's I don't I haven't well, I didn't google the history or like brush up on my research or whatever but I, I think people oh okay don't people speculate that this is like a pretty direct like Joni Mitchell or like there's like a short list of like women this could be about so it's like about I think it,
0: one of the two Joni Mitchell or one other person but yeah yes. yeah
1: so like I think it's an interesting I think it's something really there's something very bold and like I guess almost prophetic about like naming your having a color album with a color title track writing a song could about be about journey Mitchell when I as far as well, I know journey Mitchell doesn't like her uh, <laughs> or like she did not in 2012 mm-hmm. um I think it's kind of funny and very like, kind of way more confident than I would have expected from her especially since I spent a, a few minutes before this like rereading her lover deluxe edition like diary entries. I'm like this girl's I don't know if she was confident enough to like compare it with Joni Mitchell. but Whatever mm-hmm. she was. I don't know. But I do like the lyrics. So I give it like a seven.
0: I think you're right. I'm going to just jump right back in because I think it like I this this sort of par- like I a narrative about Joni Mitchell kind of parallels for me The Last Great American Dynasty. I think she just likes to find women that she sees herself in and then write like a, a bit of a, a poetic um, interpretation of the story. And so that's kind of why I liked it. I, like having listened to Last Great American Dynasty a, a lot in the past. Also, year
1: in the folklore vein I saw someone compare this to the lakes which I don't think is that great a song I think it's a folklore weak spot and I'm like I don't know if you've achieved this 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 seclusion that you uh, fan I think that it, it quite opposite of like what I said about treacherous and delicate I'm like I think this is better than the lakes if you want to draw that it's it's this is part oh. the lakes, but much worse than like last great American dynasty yeah. I, think,
2: I i agree with that sliding scale i also think so yeah it's definitely about someone like it's about like sort of the the perils of being famous i think a lot of people are drawing drawing joni mitchell um parallels as well as kim wilde um and i think it is specifically kim wilde because of the line um Uh, you bought a bunch of land somewhere chose the road rose garden over madison square where kim wild became a gardener um i think for me this one's like fine i think it's funny that she made this track number 13 um and i think for me i agree that it's a seven out of ten it's not exceptional but i do think again bringing in historical context i do think that We're seeing one of her first forays into sort of like character writing here, um, which I think is just interesting for the direction that everything takes coming up. Um, So do we feel good about moving into track number 14? Everything has changed. I'll start. I really hate that I love this song. I hate Ed Sharon. I don't, I never really liked this song, but when it gets stuck in my head, apropos of nothing, it's actually quite good even though Ed Sheeran has contributed vocals yet again. I just think about how much better this song would be if it wasn't a duet. There's no reason why it's a duet. The original uh, music video is one of the definitions of cringe where like it's like it's two kids. It's like a Taylor Swift avatar and a ed sheeran avatar and then they come in as the parents of the kids later in the video it's the most cringe thing in the world um but the song i just hate that i love it it's so good i give it a 10 out of 10 but a very begrudging one i think maybe i should give it like more like an eight but it's it's i can't deny that it's good i hate that what do we think
1: i I love it (laughs) <laughs> yeah I totally agree like I fucking hate Ed Sheeran like Ed Sheeran I have this position again because I listen to the song actually kind of a lot even before the re-release so like if Ed Sheeran ends up in my like, fucking Spotify wrapped I'm gonna oh my god i just
2: I just have to jump in and say I'm so fucking grateful that Spotify does not count November and December and it's Spotify wrapped because I would be so fucked I already think I'm kind of fucked because Taylor released so much this year that I think it
1: might be Taylor which just really pains me but um anyway yeah. I hate Ed Sheeran. I think it's really funny seeing him perform this live because I pulled up this. I pulled up, I used to pull up this when I was shopping for guitars. I pulled up this video several times where like Taylor is playing, like, a well, because you would play like this Gibson like grand concert that's like kind of big and looks like something Johnny Cash might have played if he was skinnier. I don't fucking know. And then Ed Sheeran plays like a three quarters, like Martin. Like he looks like a fucking clown. He looks, he, it's, it's kind of funny to look at. Um, I'm in this position where Ed Sheeran, my show, my Spotify wrapped. Again with fucking Madison Beard, 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 Madison Beard. Madison Beard. Yeah. She collapsed because she collapsed because she like showed up on some video game soundtrack with my favorite uh, K-pop group so now i'm like if i have to freaking have madison beer on my watch no
2: i really hope you do fuck no one <laughs> has ever too. said that for their pop star of the week madison beer and i'm gonna find a way to shoot a horn her in next episode justin what do you think about <laughs> everything has changed
0: i love it <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god we're so basic
0: <laughs> god, I-, I also really get it on that. yeah yeah I would give it a 10 out of 10 oh as well God,
2: no not another consensus on this track <laughs> kind okay of absolutely embarrassing can I like
1: quickly 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 break up run the vault track with Ed Sheer, which also has this twee ass Ed and like spoken like you're ready or whatever I'm like shut, yeah. the, fuck up. shut the fuck up anyway I hate it
0: Anyway. I, I I, don't think I hate Ed Sheeran, which is weird. I don't hate, Why I, don't, not? I don't like him, but I like, I. For, there's something about him that I'm like, Ugh. I think it's because he dueted with Beyonce that one time and she seemed to like him. So I- No,
2: she was acting. No, so, <laughs> that performance makes me so mad. And also I'll tell you that the reason- I I don't like Ed Sheeran for a lot of reasons, but the main reason is him writing that stupid song about Ellie Goulding, shit-talking her for, like, being interested in other people when, like, it seems like you're a fucking idiot. Like, (laughs) sorry. I
0: forgot that. I hate him. I hate him now. I forgot that entirely. Kind
2: of, like, slut-shaming her for, like, wanting to sleep with a member of One Direction, which is, like, Ed, of course she does. Of course. Like, (laughs) why do you expect that she's not going to... D- ditch you if you're not doing if you're not treating her like the the weird soprano queen she is, you know? Anyway.
0: I would sleep with three out of five of the members. So frankly, she's Which ones? Name them, um Harry, um, of course, Zane, of course. Um, and then Niall, is that how you say his name? I would sleep yes. with him too.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: Um, Catherine, which members of One Direction would you?
1: Say? <laughs> only Harry and Zayn. I was not that big a Directioner.
2: Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We also haven't discussed on the on the podcast how Zayn and Gigi split because of the domestic dispute at their home, where he allegedly attacked Yolanda Hadid. Oh. Yeah.
0: You
1: know that. Oh my God. Reading about that in my bed in like horror. I'm like. I'm I'm scared for that family. <laughs> I I I
2: don't know what to think because I think a lot of different like I don't know Zane's, I don't know. I I really don't know. It seems all very sad. Yeah, I don't
0: want to speculate, but that family is wild. The Hadids yeah. are stunning. I've been rewatching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and <laughs> God, just a treasure trove of like wonderful content from the Hadids.
2: Well, unless we forget another connection to pop music is that Yolanda used to be married to David Foster, um, the pen, the writer of many great uh, pop songs, including I Have Nothing, as performed by Whitney Houston, wow. who ha- and David Foster has since remarried Catherine McPhee, the <laughs> Republican. Oh, okay. oh, my God. <laughs> no, are, I mean, everyone's related. It's so weird. Um, i mean there's
1: also the zane uh 50 shades darker collab uh, oh, that's
2: true. yes i don't want to yeah. live
1: forever Something
2: about that oh my god that was weird yeah it should have been just zane on that track i would say that probably within one direction i i might sleep with harry and or zane but nobody else i don't like i don't rest.
1: even know i only know niall
0: because he's
2: niall liam one other
0: uh no Uh, what's his name larry stylison because of the whole thing oh my god Uh, Uh what are
2: other what are other british names william
0: um
2: all right (laughs) let's talk about track number 15
1: starlight it's a one I fucking hate this song I hate sure. that
2: song too I hate okay, it here's
1: the thing I, 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 made, I dragged it I dragged it to someone recently I was like where's your Catholic fraternity I was like my Catholic fraternity does not extend to Kennedy's but like, what, what <laughs> the fuck do you want yeah. from me so
2: I think that we should note that this song is about a Kennedy Um, she also had, a, she yeah, also yeah. had a, a brief time dating Connor Kennedy around this point she also bought that house in Mass- Massachusetts near the Kennedy complex there was a lot happening there and that was also the site for many of her major story to 4th of July parties. Um Justin what do you think about Starlight?
0: I was reading about it and I was like, oh god, she wrote a song about the Kennedys but then I was like, who who should be writing about the kennedys like it, it can't be <laughs> lana del rey nobody lana sticks to the republicans only so it like i we're going to write
2: about i okay, national anthem national, album, national, i mean video. national anthem fuck i love <laughs> yeah. that song that's a bad song the best song about the kennedys <laughs> you're
0: right that's who should be writing about the it, it's, it's got to be lana then so in which case it's a bad song for, for no i won't give it a 4 out of 10 i'll give it a 6 out of 10
1: Oh my god! I,
2: wow. Okay. I originally get, wrote down a six, but in thinking about it, I think it's a three. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Great. <laughs> All right. God. so Next news. You are you sticking to a one?
1: Catherine? Yeah, I'm sticking to a one.
2: Fuck this Wow. Song. Wow. brutal. <laughs> okay, that bring us, that oh brings god. us to track number sixteen. Begin again.
0: Twelve out of ten. Thirteen out of ten.
2: Oh fuck. I wrote it. I wrote down nine out of 10. Okay. I think it's great. I think it's great. It's a great album ending. I do think though it took me, I think the sign of a good song, it the longer it's around, the more I like it. I didn't like it initially. And now I have really come around to it just because originally I I didn't catch all the nuance and I thought it was kind of stupid, which it is. But I also now I'm fully open to the stupidity yes
0: yeah
1: <laughs>
2: okay yeah. so we like begin again what are
1: your no, thoughts no I'm just thinking I again as I opened it was my top non score tailored track of 2020 so like uh like it, I do love it and I do love it more and more but I I really screwed myself by listening to it too much
0: mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's one of those where ta- like Taylor is really being honest with us, and like at first I didn't like it because I was like, oh, why are you basing your self esteem off of a man? But she's sort of not like she's like she's grown a little bit from this relationship, and then she's also just noticing the differences in how people should treat her. And I was like, this is you know it's it's very basic. A lot of people can connect to it, but it's still good. It's a good song. So there you go, ten out of ten. <laughs> All right out of ten. <laughs> well,
2: I will note now that those are all of the tracks that were on the very original release of Red. What follows are going to be uh, like <laughs> thirteen or fourteen tracks oh, that are that. Uh, that are a number of re-releases of bonus tracks, and there is some also some new material. So we're going to be talking about a handful of these tracks. Um, the first one we wanted to hit is track number seventeen
1: the moment I knew. All I have to say about this is I need you I need everyone to stop I need everyone to uh, play the first like 10 seconds of the moment I knew and then you have to go to the spring awakening original Broadway cast and play left behind it's the same fucking cello part like I've been saying this for literally how many years has it been nine nine years I've been saying this for nine years it's the same cello part as left behind from spring awakening that's all I have to say (laughs) anyone else care to comment on moment I knew
0: um it's pretty good (laughs)
2: <laughs> i agree i think it's also the first canonical mention of the terrible 21st birthday that taylor ellison swift had when jake jalen hall did not show up i like this song um number 18 i'll just mention because i feel like uh, right now cameron and i are kind of long distance and it makes me very sad and i listen to this song and i'm like sad about it um it's like a song about being very far away from your heart. oh she says okay. the word delicate in this song All she right. does Sorry uh that brings us to track number 19 girl at home which we wanted to talk about the re-recorded arrangement
1: yeah it sounds so fucking weird uh because I think in my head I kind of group girl at home and stay 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 as like similar kind of twee I don't know even though they're not that similar I for some reason they are near each other in my head and this new one is like all the repified i knew your trouble stuff but like times 10 it's, it's i don't think it's i don't think i like it I there's a lot
2: of production happening i don't
1: right? like it I, don't,
2: yeah. I i think it's wild that this song used to close out the bonus tracks on red i can't believe it yeah that's any it. Uh, justin anything to add on girl at home
0: i can't speak intelligently on it
2: all right, we're going to breeze past this acoustic version of State of Grace, as well as track number 21, Ronan, uh, to talk about track number 22, Better Man, which I believe was at Florida Georgia Line. Oh, no, but- my God. <laughs> Big top. Oh, I'm sorry. They're the same oh in my life. Oh my mind. god. So no Florida so Georgia is a pair of dudes. I know, I know, I'm sorry.
1: Oh I'm my sorry. god, Okay.
2: <laughs> so they did. all have three na- three words in their band name. Okay.
1: What I, say, <laughs> what I have to say I'm a better man and I'll also group Babe under this umbrella. I think it's actually kind of badass of her to have started to like have started to write these songs for other artists or like give these songs to other country artists as she's like fucking off to write. Record 1989. I think it's kind of a flip She's like, I have this down, um but I did see recently uh someone had unearthed some press from around the time, and actually for her track five, it was down to better man or all too well. Whoa. And then and the little big time. Her, they're like, oh, we love this, and she's like, okay. Whoa! But it's all too well. And <laughs> I'm like, are you shitting me? Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. I
0: mean, it would have been a hit for Taylor, yeah. like a huge, huge hit is the thing. It would
1: have been a hit. It oh, would have yeah.
2: been a hit. And then it another... would have been more commercially viable than All Too Well, but I'm glad things
1: shook out the way they did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the other thing I have to say about Better Man is if you you should look this up, but There's, there was a documentary about the Bluebird Cafe, I believe it was called in Nashville, where she was discovered, where like songwriters have their showcases, because they were having some kind of like, save us, we are dying, we need funds, funds, like benefit concert thing. And Taylor Swift rolled up, um, and she, there's like a, a minute and 20 second clip of her singing this acoustically at this oh. Blueberry Cafe fundraising thing. When it's intercut, and like in the audience, you can see Scott Brachetta watching and like there's like intercut interviews with him. So I'm like, Bleh. but I think it's great. I think she's very proud of it.
0: I, I think she should her. be. I think like her vocals on it are great. And mm-hmm. like I, and I, and this, this is coming from someone like I really respect the vocalists uh, in Little Big Town. I think they're very good. They occupy Even a certain- In Florida Georgia Line. Yeah, in Florida Georgia um, Line. my gosh. I respect them. no. no. Yes. I think that, but and I and I wouldn't think that Taylor would be able to be in the, their same league vocally. But I heard their re record and I was like, no, she's fantastic on this. Like, it's very, very good.
1: Yes, okay. and I think I did want to touch on "Babe" a slight bit because I do love that song. because She's actually featured on it. She's in the music video for this sugar. I think it's Sugarland or is a Lady Antebellum. Fuck, am I know. But it's some it's country sugar. group with women vocalists. She's mm-hmm. in the music video and she like has like a red wig. So like that's that's what I thought immediately when I saw the all too well freaking short film I was like oh, oh it's the it's, it's the babe it's babe. Um, I do like that song. That's all I have to say. Um, I feel like Better Man means more to me. But anyway.
2: We're going a little bit out of order because Babe is track number 24. I, I know. Also <laughs> like, I also like Babe but I think it has the worst song title i think they maybe should have called it promises or something like mm-hmm. um there's that part of the song that's like what about
1: your promises promises
2: like I guess that- it's a
1: pig movie babe
2: yeah it's not about the movie yeah
1: anyway but yes i just want to lump them together because of the songwriting nashville
2: we did it- also want to touch on track number 23 nothing new featuring phoebe Bridgers. thoughts
0: Love. So good. Cute. Yeah. Amazing. Phoebe Bridgers is the one that we needed on this album. It, it it redeems Ed Sheeran for me. Yeah,
1: no, I love this. I fully identify as very annoying. Like people people have turned, in the last year since Punisher, people have turned like a very like anti-Swift, like, hate at Phoebe. And I'm like, what you don't know is Farbs are Swifties. This will yeah. roll off the back fuck you it's the first time a a woman featured on a taylor song has had a full verse
2: that's true and that is fucking wild to me um but also i think that um it also tracks um i think that this is an exceptional song and also i don't know if either of you have seen there's sort of an older woman who's like has gray hair yes i love her with a guitar and she covered nothing new on TikTok, And it just like broke my fucking heart. Cause this is a song about, um, that Taylor wrote at 22 about being replaceable and that 18 year olds were taking her place, which is, you know, sort of ever evergreen, perma relevant, but really hit home when being voiced by this woman who appears to me to at least be in her 60s, 70s. Um, it was really beautiful.
1: Yeah, I cried that I the first saw that TikTok lady. We'll look her up, I guess. But we're covering Phoebe Bridgers because I I don't. Yeah, I love her. Fuck.
2: Yeah, (sighs) yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a it's a a pretty great song. Like that's that's the only ten out of ten for me. Other than ten minute, all too well out of these additional tracks, I think. Mm We're going to skim past we already talked a little bit about track number 24 babe we're going to skim past message in a bottle track number 25. we'll talk briefly about track number 26 Bet you think about me, which was recently they, they released a video that was d- directed by Blake lively the song features Chris stapleton i'll start off by saying like. Taylor if you Chris stapleton is truly one of the only men in the world that I want to hear saying and to relegate him to like shitty harmonies, I think is such a power move. But at the same time, I'm like, let Chris say out of all the men on this stupid album that you let sing. You didn't let Chris Stapleton sing. Yeah, no. You let M. sing though, like I get mad. I and love I think him. I think the video's cute, but it also features Miles, Miles Teller, who's like, a, speaking of NYU grads, is a scourge upon humanity. And I uh, I don't know. I, I feel mixed about it. I wish she had let Chris sing. And I don't know why this
1: one's a duet. Thoughts? I agree. I, but I, I love Chris Stapleton. He's from Kentucky. Um, I think it's wild. I, I was wild for me to see like people defend. Like, I saw one TikTok being like, I love this whole like wealth disparity mm-hmm. moment in it. And, uh, and then some people in the college room defending it. It's like, no, you have no idea how small old money people can make you feel. It's like, what are you talking about? Okay, West Egg, like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I think it was West kind of Egg. funny. That's- I think it's funny. I like it for that reason. Yeah, it's think-
2: very much like, I'm rich, but you're richer than me. Fuck you. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> Justin, what do you think about uh- bet you think about me
0: i don't have intelligent thoughts but i really didn't think that miles teller still existed and i thought that if he did he must have been canceled but uh, no apparently not (laughs)
1: like an anti-vax almost thing of course like he was not without a doubt he was like vax
2: yeah Yeah. um yeah i uh will say that i really like the ending of this song where where she is sort of listing off the moments in which someone would think about her and then she's like at the end she's like when you say oh my god she's insane she wrote a song about me i bet you think about me like i think it's very cute and also i understand why she didn't release this song and nothing new at the time because i think they're a little bit on the nose and alienating to her audience at the time because she was really a darling um like she was so oversaturated in media with with positive responses too there weren't a lot a whole lot of people naysaying this album as i recall mm-hmm. um shall we move on we're going to breeze past forever winter track numbers 27 track number 28 run we did talk about it for a second with the ed sheeran thing track number 29 very first night and we'll land at ooh, trap 30 all too well 10 minute version taylor's version what we didn't talk about all too well initially
0: catherine i feel like you must go first Mm
1: -hmm. all too well (laughs) is like the the third cellular on guitar like it's very it's also like the only chord progression she uses um i love it and sincerely well okay the lore around this 10 minute version is that she wrote like well i i could read to you um the her the pages from her lover diaries of like draft lyrics from january 2011 um but okay okay what am i ugh, there's so much to get through okay but the lore around it is i think swifty's a for a long time that the that her original draft like came in around 10 minutes and then and then it's also the last song she's co-written with liz rose who she learned basically I picture her as, like, a witch, like, th- like this Nashville songwriter, like, hitmaker she apprenticed with, like, as a high schooler, like, who she wrote Tim McGraw with. So, like, I picture her, like, struggling to write this lot, like, having this mess of text and be like, I need help in turning to her old mentor. And I cry bigger like it. Like, <laughs> like, I I want to hear from Liz Rose. I don't, I, I think it's kind of weird how absent she's, she is, considering she also wrote a lot on Fearless. I think of her all the time but like so taylor like had this whole pile of texts and like she like we've known that it's that like, it comes around to 10 minutes we've known that she swears in it but that like no other details and so and so and then and then there's like a few diary scams that she released with the lover deluxe editions so you can only get it at target that i obviously don't own because i haven't paid her money since fearless um but what am i saying yeah so there's been some speculation in the last week that she didn't actually write all of this, or at least she must have written like this temp- lyrics of this time temp- version recently, which I don't whatever. We'll get to that later. But it's like it's the Taylor Swift, like it's I don't know how. I don't I wanted to track like its its oral history and like how it became so beloved by Swifties. Like there's the iconic Grammy's performance. She's she's at the piano and she has like this transitional like red to 1989 like kind of straightened hair and like growing out bangs moment going on and she's like it's not her greatest vocal work but like you can hear she's like oh she's pissed she's truly been heartbroken in that grammy's performance and i tried to look up i made the note to look up um a performance over from the 1989 tour to see what the vibe was but i forgot to do that. But like I have a distinct memory of her doing it acoustically on the Reputation concert film. And I'm like, I don't know. Like it just is so beloved by Swifties. Um, and some people will argue it's overrated, but I disagree. I think it's immaculate. Um I had a journalism professor who would force us to listen to Thunder Road forever, like three times in one class period. I was like, if I were to become a writing teacher, that's me. And it's 10 minutes long now. So we'll do it both classes in that week yeah the whole time that's me I don't know what else to say but it's obviously about Jake Gyllenhaal's <laughs> Maggie Gyllenhaal's house presumably I don't know what I don't know maple lattes
2: okay I'll, I'll jump in and say never have I ever wanted to call Peter Sarsgaard more than this past week, listening to All Too Well, the 10-minute version. So we can, just to be a little bit more obtuse about it for people who are more casual Taylor Swift fans, the opening lyrics of the song or the first verse of the song talks about leaving a scarf at a significant other's sister's house. Uh, That would be Maggie Gyllenhaal um and uh then later in the song it talks about uh how the significant other continues to wear the scarf um and uh something about innocence and it smells like me um i think i um things that i wrote down about this song you know we have the original version which broaches six minutes it is uh and i think it's it's quite masterful um i think we had a uh, readings around 1115 uh, 15 and 18 were our original ratings. and i think uh, the the lyrics that stand out here um, the repeated there we are again leading into the choruses but with a different imagery this time bringing us back into memories from a relationship repeatedly um, but each image is different um, and I remember a, a particularly famous interview quote of Taylor's is talking about the release of Red and how one of her exes who she did not name called her up and said that listening to the album was like uh, looking through a photo album of snapshots from their Relationship. And I think it was Jake Joel, and Han. I think it was about all too well, um, particularly when we have the imagery of like uh, there we are again uh, in something and I dancing around the kitchen in the refrigerator light. Um, then of course we have the iconic lyrics you call me up again just to break me like a promise so casually cruel in the name of being honest we also have the iconic line uh i'm a crumpled up piece of paper lying there which i don't know if y'all have seen the TikTok where everybody dressed up as different parts of the imagery from all too well and someone dressed up as the crumpled up piece of paper lying there which is my favorite costume um and i also think uh the um the the additions to this song that we hear concern particularly the age gap between taylor and jake they concern uh talking about how you know there's that line about um that uh he thought it would have been easier if they were around the same age and then the sort of like ultimate ending of the song sort of landing around um i, I know that i'm no good at telling joseph the punchline goes uh i'll get older in age but your lovers i'll get older but your lover's stay my age (laughs) yeah yeah sick burn we'd love to hear it um and then also uh some of the other additions are about the um fuck the patriarchy keychain on the ground here's the Um, thing about
1: that okay i would when i heard that i assumed that it was like he said fuck the patriarchy and threw over the keys and then land i just threw a pen and they land on the ground But then now she's selling keychains that say fuck the patriarchy. I think think
2: he had a fuck the patriarchy keychain because he was a cool guy in 2012 um, and uh, (laughs) debatably queer. Um, He probably is fucking straight. Um, But we can hope. Um, The other thing that I think pops out about this version of this song uh, is the um the, it is reorchestrated? The ten minute version is. This started- is produced by Jack Antonoff. Oh shit! Oh, man. Yeah, oh, man. Um and uh also, oh man, there was one other edition that I wanted to talk about, but I can't think about it. Uh, I can't think of it, so I'll hand it over to Justin.
0: Well, I'd like to circle back for just a moment and say that I have a theory and it's a real one. This is my, this is the, my casual Swifty theory that I will put online. Um, I think that Jake Gyllenhaal is queer and I'll cite evidence from stay, 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 because a gay man would have a football helmet in his closet if he was doing football play. This is my serious theory. I'm entering into the world of um, Swifty lore. Okay. <laughs> Anyways.
2: No, not this. Not this.
0: <laughs> I think this song is a masterpiece. Absolutely. Um, I w- think that it 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 has encapsulates all of the best parts of Taylor's writing and her aesthetic, which is we've got like storytelling we have yes simile after simile we have um a beautiful sort of country pop uh orchestration it's good it's a great song i don't like i don't think you can say anything bad about it and i'm glad that kayla you took us through most of the lyrics in the verse because really it's like bulletproof writing it's great amazing 15 out of 10.
2: I remember the edition that I wanted to talk about, which was uh, one of one of the many editions I wanted to talk about, which was you kept me like a secret. I kept you like an oath. We yeah, I screamed
1: out loud. Incredible, incredible, yeah.
2: incredible yeah. writing. And it sounds like it should be on the original track. But again, it, it got cut and I like she had that much good writing. It got cut no yeah. you know, fuck. Um, the other thing I wanted to know before we come to what is the end of our track by track review is I just think it's funny how consistently on this album she wants to shit talk people who go to indie shows when now <laughs> if we look at the bands that were popular in 2012 on the indie scene it's Boni Bear,
1: it's yeah. the national the, there, it was,
2: literal collaboration yeah, okay there was a Rolling Stone think,
1: to this day yeah was the Rolling Stone art like review of it where they're like you know, they noted that it's like the indie shows that Jake Gyllenhaal probably went to were the National, Bonnie Bear. Right,
2: right. Yeah. and now she's working with them, which I just think is the funniest fucking thing I've ever. She's so petty. Like, do you her. think? Do you think that's why she works with them, or does she genuinely like their no, stuff? I think she, she likes dated?
1: them. I do think she genuinely likes because them.
2: she dated Jake Gyllenhaal.
1: No. Okay. I think she's I think she can form her own opinions
2: (laughs) of course but I'm one like she would have been exposed Mm -hmm. to them during that time period and there's no way those things aren't connected in my mind and not of course not that she can't form her own opinion but just like I I mean I I feel similarly where those bands are sort of enshrined in the like if you were dating in Brooklyn at the time you had to have a fluency in those bands and you know oh uh, another lyric your brooklyn broke my skin and bones um like there's a way in which like i don't know it just tickles it tickles me that she those are her main collaborators
0: i support you in that kayla especially like when we if you go back to like her kind of confessing to have been really insecure at that time period she would have been like oh is my music as good as bony bears like do you like I should listen to everything Jake Gyllenhaal listens to. So yes, I support that theory.
1: I did gasp out loud at the SNL performance because she she doesn't she doesn't play guitar for like a few minutes of it, and like at the end when we're at like the sacred prayer part, she does prayer hands. Oh my god, prayer hands. Yeah. <laughs> oh I don't god. know what I was to say. Well, I've been singing this for a week. My guitar calluses are crazy. Like I just love this song. I tried to so do, jump with motion sickness, but like the way I'm bridge of motion sickness about you were in a band when I was born is not compatible with this. So I've I'd struggle with that for three days. The last three days I've been doing that uh i don't know what else to say i'm too vulnerable there's nothing else to say about all too well time on version that i can think of at the moment i don't well, know i think that's a beautiful segue into us talking about our
2: favorite tracks so usually we talk about three favorite tracks and then we rate the album on a beverage system of our choice so um what are our favorite three tracks who wants to go first
0: um i'll go first i would say that my favorite tracks are red um all too well and state of grace
1: know oh, i think i'm gonna say all too well um state of grace had nothing new <laughs> i,
0: I <love>. think
2: <laughs> i think for me it's uh all too well Red, and state of grace with maybe a, a holy ground sub again for one of those but those are my tops for sure um and nothing new is. Amazing, of course. But Incredible. let's go into our rating of the album. So, our, our podcast started off by rating things on a box, wine system, but we have since deviated. So, essentially, any beverage that you think is aligned with this album is fair game. What do we think um, this album is as a beverage and why?
0: Okay, so I thought about this a lot and I've come to the fact that I want to go with the sort of the color theory of everything. And so I was like, what if this was a red sangria Um, and it was like a really like a well crafted sort of Brooklyn red sangria. I don't know. Does, do they do Red Zangria in Brooklyn? Who fucking cares? We uh, like do old... Red
2: Zangria everywhere.
0: Great. So Brooklyn, Red Zangria. Um, but I think, yeah, I think Taylor was at home. She was making a Red Zangria. She was making the album. And then she got to adding in the pop songs. And instead of putting in Brandy, which you're supposed to put into a Red Zangria, she just put in Tito's. And those are all yeah. the pop songs from That's this so album. Fun.
2: Great. <laughs> oh, I uh, I love that. <laughs> catherine do you have a a reading hindi uh,
1: okay i wanted to separate like the original and the re-release i think the, the original, original does not taste alcoholic to me i think it's like a snapple um, oh my god that's so funny <laughs> um and i guess the re-release the re-release feels because i'm an idiot i'm like i put on a re- darker red it's a darker red so like it's mm. i don't know if, it's not a merlot it's so it's a it's a red it is a red wine, but not a good one you know not a
0: <laughs>
1: yeah like we're not going over
2: $25 oh okay good as far as money goes um, yeah. I'm gonna go back to an old classic I bought a, a mini this time look how small she is I bought a mini a boda brick of cabernet sauvignon to discuss this album and also okay. it's two bottles so to have just around but i have to leave town so it's small um so i can get through it but i bought this because the the gold standard of the podcast has always been a boat brick so cabernet sauvignon yeah. because it is high quality it's red and it's i i agree that it's it's uh uh, a crowd pleaser. It's not necessarily, it's definitely deep and complex, but it's not necessarily a $25 plus bottle of wine. It's more. I think a- it's a
1: red Redvolution.
2: Redvolution? Oh yeah, my God. for yeah. sure. You yeah. know, I almost bought I that, but I, I, I went for the cab stove instead. Yes. Um, Great. So that brings us to the end of our readings, which brings us into our game. I think we have someone
3: introducing a game. <gasps> Hi, hello. Yeah. hello. Um, we will be playing a game for which you will need two pieces of paper and a writing utensil. Okay. Yes, I do.
2: I wonder took-
0: if it's math. It's not no, math.
3: Last, last right. time, do you remember last time when
2: we did Taylor Swift or Jeff Bezos? and it was no, That was really hard. Oh my God.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, how big does the paper have to be? In the spirit of this re recording, we will be playing Taylor Swift or Jeff Bezos, Taylor's version. <laughs> 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 Yes, yes, yes. Um, And so we will be (laughs) replacing our previous game, but we'll have a few adjustments. Um, So previously we guessed if it was Taylor Swift or Jeff Bezos. For this one, you will guess if it is a quote from Taylor Swift or a variety of Jeff celebrities. Um, So it could be a variety of different people named Jeff. There will be additional points awarded if when you guess Jeff... And you are correct. You are able to guess which Jeff it is. So is everyone prepared with their Taylor and Jeff cards? Yeah. All right. Quote number one. You are the only one who gets to decide what you will be remembered for. Okay. So we have Catherine with Jeff, Justin with Taylor, and Kayla with Jeff. And the correct answer is... Taylor Swift.
1: Oh,
3: are you asking us the same questions from last time? No, okay. we thought about it, but no, none of them are the same. So. <laughs> because if you were
2: brilliant, if you if you weren't also brilliant, but. Um, <laughs> oh my God, I'm not gonna do well.
3: <laughs> okay, I'm ready.
2: I'm ready. Number
3: two, memories are not just about the past. They determine our future. Okay, everyone has guessed Jeff. Now, oh, no. on the count of three, <laughs> everyone has to say which Jeff they think this is. Yes. Too many Jeffs. <laughs> so prepare yourselves. <laughs> we do we have a list of Jeffs? Or uh, we, we no, Jeff? it could be any Jeff. No list. <laughs> oh
0: no! Okay. Is I don't everyone know. ready? No. <laughs> Yeah.
3: Okay. One, two, three.
1: Bezos.
0: Domer. Jeffrey Star.
3: Um. Unfortunately, what none of the are correct. <laughs> but all Jeffrey great guests, <laughs> nonetheless. Um, in fact, this Jeff was Jeff Bridges. <gasps> I, Jeff, I don't know, but I I don't know it.
2: Jeff. Jeff Bridges
0: I don't know who Jeff Bridges is. But that's
2: going to be the only time he comes up. <laughs> Justin, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't,
0: I don't know who he is. Hey, <laughs> Let's go, let's go.
3: Let's go to all the- right, all right, number three. No matter what happens in life, be good to people. Being good to people is a wonderful legacy to leave behind. Okay, everyone has guessed Taylor and everyone is correct. Yes, thank God. Wow. Okay, next up, number four. It's mysterious what attracts you to a person. Okay, Justin says Taylor, Catherine says Jeff and Kayla says Jeff. The correct answer is Jeff. Oh my God, So. Catherine and Kayla for an additional point. On the count of three, reveal which Jeff you think said this. Okay, one, two, three. Dahmer. Please. <laughs> 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 Only Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, no, it's Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Goldblum? Oh my god! <laughs> Did I
2: have I yet told my Jeff? a dating story on this on this podcast
0: (laughs) no tell us (laughs) so
2: i in my early 20s i was just like trying to find someone with whom to have a gyllenhaal-esque relationship with or one that even went better than that and so i um was was talking to people online and i would meet up with people and like see if things worked out and one time i met up with this person Uh, who spelled his name in an unconventional way. And I was just like, oh, maybe I just don't understand what culture he's from. Or like, maybe I just like, don't really, uh, you know, know what's going on. And so I met up with this person named Fej and we were talking and we were having a good time. And I was like, he brought up why he was named Fej, uh, spelled F-F-E-J. And it was because there were multiple Jeffs in his class and he decided on a different spelling, and it's a sign of the times and how bleak it was to date in Brooklyn at the time that I was just like, why didn't, why didn't he ask me on a second date? Like that was the level <laughs> of desperation we were at, folks. Oh <laughs> um, so oh no. shout out to Fej, wherever you are. Hope you're <sighs> going by Jeff now. <laughs> oh my God. I hope
3: I hope he's listening to this. <laughs> There's absolutely no way, but let's hope. All right all right question next question is you can't have a better tomorrow if you keep thinking about yesterday okay kayla says taylor katherine says jeff and justin says taylor and the correct answer is taylor swift what this bitch always thinks about yesterday
0: (laughs) (laughs)
2: that's that's why it's got to be her We're all hypocrites. That's the human
0: condition. (laughs) We're all frail and hypocritical.
3: (laughs) Taylor Swift. Okay, next up. You can just delete an email. It's like it was never there.
0: Seems like a very (laughs) male thing to say.
3: All right. And everyone has said Jeff, but it is actually Taylor
1: Swift. (laughs) Is she talking about writing letters and diaries or whatever the fuck? Oh my God
2: oh my
0: god <laughs> she's deleted emails from scooter Braun. that's who it is <laughs> oh my god it's like it
3: was never there yeah. <laughs> it was never there oh my god. okay oh my god. the next quote is well the music industry is littered with actors who belatedly came to singing and everyone has guessed jeff and that is correct but for the extra point which jeff said this
1: i, I literally could only think of like three Okay. Jeffs in the world? <laughs> yeah. They're all the ones I've been sent already. Gold <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay.
3: Okay. okay. One, two, three. Buckley? Buckley.
0: Fej. <laughs> <laughs> None <laughs> of the
3: above. It's Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels, <laughs> did he
0: see that when he was
2: talking about whatever? Uh, he wasn't in Country Strong. What was he in? That one where he was a musician with Maggie Gyllenhaal. Oh my god! Do you remember this?
3: <laughs> oh. He was a
2: country musician, and in the movie, he was his age, which was old, and he was dating Maggie Gyllenhaal, who was at the time not old. Oh my! Wow! God. I, no one the... remembers. Oh my god!
0: No, but it in was the break... a
2: wild press tour. Speaking of press tours.
0: In the break, I looked up who Jeff Bridges was, and it could have been him when talking about Lady Gaga during the Star is Born tour.
3: Anyways, (laughs) our next quote is, don't fall in love with someone you can live with, fall in love with someone you can't live without. All right, and for this one, everyone has guessed Taylor Swift, and that is incorrect. It is, in fact, (laughs) Jeffree Star.
2: Oh yes! god. Oh my god. <laughs> oh oh my I'm god. so mad. Oh my god. Oh my okay. god.
0: But <laughs> oh my I god. I totally forgot my
1: parents are sleeping. Oh my god. Oh, my god. <laughs> oh shit.
0: God. All the Jeffreys uh, and all the Taylor Swifts in the world, they're all cringe. They're all
1: the same. <laughs>
3: oh wow wow. wow. Okay, oh next up. I'm an overachiever and I want to be known for the good things in my life. Okay, and everyone has guessed Taylor Swift, and it is Taylor Swift. Congratulations. Yay. 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 All right, next up. I'm always worried about everything, like spiders. (laughs) All right, so Kayla and Catherine have both guessed Taylor, while Justin has guessed Jeff. Um, And the correct answer for this one is Taylor Swift. Nice. She's she's afraid. She's afraid of everything, including
0: spiders.
3: (laughs) Okay, next up we have, so many people equate money and success with happiness, especially in the music industry. And for this one, everyone has guessed Jeff, which is correct. It is a Jeff. Um, and now we will get to guess which Jeff it might be. <laughs> so buckle up, oh, get your up. answers ready. <laughs> oh my God, I've guessed every Jeff I know. Okay. There's always another Jeff.
0: All right. Okay, I
3: know who I'm guessing. One, two, three.
0: Foster. <laughs>
3: Um, I do think that um, uh, Jeff Probst is a great answer, um, and I <laughs> wish that was correct. Thank you. Um, but it is not. In fact, it is DJ Jazzy Jeff. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. Months,
0: How? Months, oh my
3: God. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. We're down to our last two questions. All right. Our second to last question right. is. I've always been a hugger. If we all hugged more, the world would be a better place. All right. And Kayla has guessed Taylor, and Catherine and Justin have both guessed Jeff. Um, and the correct answer is Taylor Swift.
1: Oh! Whoa! I not want her to hug me. At any point. Her, her. <laughs> you
3: know what? If it wasn't, if it wasn't Jeff Tambor.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's where I
3: was nervous. Someone was gonna guess Jeffrey Dahmer again. I just, (laughs) I was scared. I feel like we've used that up. Maybe (laughs) last question. We're ready. Okay, last question. (laughs) Our last quote is, "One day you'll understand that it's harder to be kind than clever." All right, and for this one, everyone has guessed Taylor Swift, and that is incorrect (gasps) her song the correct answer is jeffrey bezos
1: (laughs) i'm gonna i i thought that was a marjorie taylor swift oh
3: my
2: oh my god
1: never be so clever if we get to be kind she
3: literally said it and it was her grandma it is proof that taylor swift (laughs) jeff bezos same, Same person. person. <laughs> wow. Um, so wow. the score has just come in. And what we have is the winner is Kayla with nine points, but it was a close game. Justin had eight and Katherine had seven.
1: Oh my god. Wow.
2: Oh my god. Wow.
3: Well, I guess I'm
2: sweat. I'm the Jeffrey Bezos of this game. Yes. Um <laughs> just unethical and um uh, rich. <laughs> um, we, that brings us to close to the end of, of our red episode. I would love to uh, thank our executive producers, Aaron Barnett, Cameron Toy, Jeremy Smith. I would love to thank our uh, listeners. If you are listening now, please, uh, you know, if you like the episode, share, comment, you know give us a review subscribe all of that good stuff and i would like to thank katherine for being here at least and chase for trying to be here (laughs) and my co-host justin ganaway for being an excellent co-host and i would love to just offer it up to any last thoughts about red and or uh what we've been talking about for the last uh period of time
1: i don't know i've been really angry all week
2: <laughs> <laughs> angry and has the album helped or now or has it fueled your anger no it's helped it's helped yeah, have you been hard. angry about anything in specific that you want to share or is it just like no general it's, it's the
1: swifties of the internet and it's i guess school and politics that's my yes. that's, me. that's where i'm at absolutely justin yeah, what about you
0: um, two things. I think that I love Petty Taylor Swift, and I think it's so petty and so powerful to re-record your catalog as a fuck you to Scooter Braun. and I'm happy about it every time she releases an album, even if some of the bonus tracks suck. And I uh, think that Je- uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is gay and loves to pr- dress up in football pads.
2: Okay. And i'll add that I think that this is one of the great modern singer songwriter albums i'm thrilled she's re released it I agree it's petty and baseless for her to do so, I mean she wants to whatever have control over her masters, but at the same time. uh, there's absolutely no reason she needed to do this really (laughs) if we look at uh, similar contracts like hers was. Uh, obviously she wants ownership over her own music but also the contract was sort of industry standard which again might point to inequities in the industry but there was no reason she needed to do do this and she did it anyway and i love her for it thank you taylor thank you for being a petty bitch
0: yeah (laughs) yeah
2: well that wraps up our episode thank you so much for listening again uh review our podcast subscribe like us follow us on instagram we love you taylor forever we'll see you in our next episode uh where we will likely be discussing by adele we love you
1: talk
2: soon
1: bye, bye.